Good morning and welcome to the Morning Burrito Podcast. I am Michael. I am Eric. And we are live on location. Live on location. We are at Java Junkies here in Umatilla, Oregon. And uh, we, actually we actually have burritos. Actually have burritos actually this have morning. Burritos. Uh, some of us have coffee and one uh, of us has chocolate. That. Some of us are adult beverage drinkers. <sighs> like coffee, I mean. Yeah, and whatever. Some are not quite grown up yet. Yeah, whatever. Like hot chocolate. You can say what you want, but okay. mine tastes better, so that's hey, all know, that matters. Th- this is really cool because we've been talking about going live on location. We have. Um, and we haven't done it. We've done one live show. It took us almost 30 episodes to do it. <laughs> well, we're getting a little braver now. So Yeah. So, yeah, so we're sitting here by the drive-thru anyway. and um, Yeah, so you'll see cars. There's there's a car there close, you know, that way. Yeah, so. whatever way it is on the screen. But <laughs> Yeah, so today uh, we are going to do a podcast centered on um, – Something that I think has uh, caused all kinds of debates and arguments and intelligentsia for probably, what, 30 to 50 years, somewhere in there now? It's It's been a conversation. I kind of go back to 1700. Oh, wow. So that far back, huh? Yeah. Well. It's been a while. My professors told me that it happened more recently, <laughs> so. Well, you're the younger generation. Oh, okay. Well, that means I'm right, right? We're going to get into that. Okay. <laughs> so today we are going to talk about the idea of whether or not there is a such thing as objective or uh, absolute truth, um, whether that is an actual thing. Right. Um, the church has, has stated for the history of the church that there is an objective and absolute truth up and until probably the last 50 years or so, probably. and even churches nowadays are not necessarily buying into the idea of absolute truth anymore can people like type into this thing today yes they can can we see that uh i can try although you know my uh because oh, that was pretty cool last week where my, people could do that yeah my uh my screen even though it's as bright <laughs> as it gets we, is very dark we our eyesight is not bad today but uh yeah we can't see our hey screen, you know so. one of the cool things before we get even into this here is uh first of all we have gabrielle our office manager from the church she's she's here uh partaking in the the podcast today and and if you're in the area you know stop on by come on in yeah gabriel gotta say hi Yeah, so maybe she can respond to our comments for us while we're while we're sitting here. Hey, that wasn't um, even planned. Yeah, there we go. Wow, there Glad she is. See? Uh, see, it's all delayed, so it's kind of oh, funny. Uh, that six second delay in case something goes really wrong. Yeah, yeah. So um, feel important that way. Yeah. So send in your messages, uh, your comments. Let us know you're uh, watching. It shows that we have four right now. So uh, nice. We did have somebody, which was re- this is really cool. Uh, somebody in the drive-through already asked what yeah. we're doing and and where what our podcast is. So uh, that's yeah. that's a pretty neat thing. It's never happened before. So yeah, and I, I think I'm realizing right now why we don't eat burritos all the time. It's hard to eat a nice, warm, hot burrito and talk. Yes, that's so, true. Yeah. So we're going to talk about truth, and uh, I want to come at this from the perspective of somebody who um, does not believe. In absolute truth, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna figure out whether one. But you do believe in absolute truth. Well, that would defeat the purpose of me saying anything right now. But, but you do. Your job's on the line here. Of course. Okay. Good. All right. 
So devil's advocate. Yeah, I'm going to play the devil's advocate today as we go through this podcast. So you're going to hear me talk differently than I probably have in most of our episodes. Um, Or maybe not. (laughs) Because, I mean, to be quite honest, a lot of what I'm saying is not stuff that I actually personally believe. But as somebody who's had these debates and these conversations through college and since leaving college um, as a pastor with students and adults alike, um, these conversations have happened. So I'm going to use what I've heard personally as arguments to see if we can find where right. the uh, the truth is. We should put a sign on your hat today that says, not what I believe, but... <clears throat> Just advocate? Yeah, advocate. <laughs> okay, so let's start this. Uh, I think the easiest place to debate uh, or to... Hey, my wife's watching. Hey. Hi, Claudia. Hey, hey, now. And my, my little one, although she's probably just like, eh, I'm done with this. This is boring. Daddy, daddy. Uh, the best place to start when we talk about truth, uh, absolute truth, because I think for your side of the argument, it would be easiest to go to science, right? Because science is fact, right? But I don't think so. I think we can say that absolute truth does not exist because when we look at science and reason, truth clearly changes over time. That our idea, our reality changes over time. Just as an example of that, we go all the way back to how the uh, uh, early humanity thought our world was flat. Now, granted, there are still people who believe in flat earth or uh, theology and or science. The flat earthers. Yes. Uh, and we'll have a discussion about that someday. If that's we, you, we really do want to talk to you about that. because. Yeah. We had that discussion no yesterday, sense. and we thought it would be a it'll be it'd be an interesting conversation for us to tackle at some point. Yeah, but um, but no. So the entire world, all of the smart people, thought the world was clearly flat. But when we look at reality, as science evolved, as science grew, it was clear the world is not flat. Our Earth is a ball; it's a sphere. And it floats. It is not the center of the universe. It's actually just an orbiting around the sun. And the sun is also not the center of the universe, right? Where our galaxy is clearly not the center. So um, so is, is that not evidence that there is no such thing of, of absolute truth, even when we look at science? I, I still think how interesting would it be to uh, be a, the explorer of the flat earth? And you come up to the edge, then what do you do? You know, you got the wind to your back, sails in front of you. Hmm. You're kind of in trouble. Anyway, um, I think you have to go back to the um, trying to figure out where, where the problem really started. Um, and I really think it's Revelation. Um, not like the book of the Bible Revelation, but just Revelation um, and who God, who, who God is. Um, we've lost that revelation and we've put things like science you know over god and we put science in places where where science really has no place um you know we want we want to talk about the uh, creation um you know story the creation event someday um but we lose track of that right so um yeah but, it, but isn't it settled science all these things is it what there's a truck <laughs> it doesn't People say science is settled, but science is never settled, right? Right. We, no, it's usually we, in your we, face. Uh, there's no absolute truth in science because the goal is to disprove things and to to learn, continue to learn and, and, and adapt. And, uh, you know, when we talk about creation versus evolution, again, we'll have this discussion some other day. But 
for the longest time, everybody believed that the creation was a thing until science came in and we've now realized there was evolution. Right. And uh, so is there absolute truth in science? Well, I'm not a scientist, but, uh, you know, I think scientists, they go through and they, I, I don't think everything in science proves something to be wrong. I think they prove it to be right. Um, I think it's both, right? So, you know, especially when it comes down to the conversation with God and on our faith uh, absolutes, science is always seeming to go not true, not true, not true, not true, not true. And uh, Christians for so long have come at it from uh, it is true, and we get on that, that argument of debate. And, you know, both sides, they don't come out very good uh, in that. Um, we, had a, we had a class in, in one of our leadership deals that said um, we, had a, we had a scientist as, a, as one of the leaders, and we had a somewhat of a very knowledgeable Bible teacher. And, uh, oh, man, they just went head-to-head. And and it really didn't I don't know it really didn't work because um, they were too busy trying to prove each other. So the thing with absolute truth, it's like blind faith. Um, science is not about blind faith. Science is find the find the answer. You know, make make something happen. Um, and that's where I go back to the whole revelation. You got to have some some blind faith in there because there's the uh, the spiritual and the supernatural that take place. And science it doesn't make room for that. What about, we can also see that absolute, absolute truth clearly doesn't exist because truth about things in our, in our culture change over time. Uh, as an example, 50, 60, maybe even 70 years ago, homosexuality would have been not just viewed as not sinful or as just, it wouldn't have been just viewed as sinful. It would have been viewed as criminal in many places. Mm-hmm. You ask most people today if they think that it's even sinful, and most people would say no, that people are born that way. So, again, that was considered truth 50, 60, 70 years ago. Now it's not considered truth. So does absolute truth exist? Well, it's a subjective truth, isn't it? I don't know. Is it? <laughs> well, you know, the whole thing with subjective truth is what you believe and what you what you feel. Um so, you know, you're bringing up this idea of um, absolute truth coming from a, a Christian perspective, biblical perspective. Um, if the Bible calls something sin, whether it's, you know, homosexuality, um, I mean, just pick your sin. Um, and you might think it's, you know, not. Well, good idea, but not really, uh, not really true. Um you know, Jesus went and he, he sat with sinners. He didn't, he didn't like partake with sinners um, because there's the absolute truth of this is where God, God wants us to live uh, as, as holy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when the Bible says it's sin, you got to call it sin. And that, that is highly, well, that's just really offensive to people. And there is the huge rub and debate, right, yeah. in culture. So um, uh, how, do you, how do you prove it? Well, um, I'm coming at it from the angle of well, the Bible says it, so therefore it's true. So you're basically saying that there is objective standards and thoughts, even if we don't accept that there are objective standards. Not and objective, thoughts. I'd say subjective. 
Well, subjective means it's it's to my own whims, to my own thoughts. Objective would mean that it's just is it's true regardless. Okay. Yep. Yep. Because there's a consequence in objective truth. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, subjective truth. There's no consequence. Sure. Um, so, which leads me to you know, for for many of us in today's society and culture, particularly Western culture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we hear the phrase "my truth" or "your truth," <laughs> right? Um, who who has the right to tell me that my reality, my perspective, is not actually real, is not truth? Right. So you're 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 moving us into the 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 pop. Uh, the popular opinion truth for discussion's sake you can nod yeah 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 so that that popular opinion again uh great great thought great idea um but when it comes to the word of god it it's a good idea but it's still a lie um if it's not matching up with scripture and that is I, we're going to talk about this in a, in a little bit that the matching of scripture to today's culture it's like almost prehistoric. I mean, nobody does that. Uh, and when you do it, popular opinion always seems to win. Um, why is that? That's that's the question I keep coming back to. And, and I keep coming back to, we no longer have the revelation of God in our lives. You know, uh, culture has has really, oh man, it's, it's, it's impacting the church. Um, and it's not culture outside the church that impacts the church. It's when culture moves inside the church that brings the church, I believe, to a screeching halt. And I think that's where one of our dangers are at right now is there's no absolute anything with God. Um, it's all very subjective, and your personal opinion is what matters. Right, but if uh, if my opinion or my reality, as I would call it, is not hurting other people, mm-hmm. then why do you care if I have a different basis of truth right so i mean we're we're, we're called to to uh to care we're, we're called to love um and sometimes love is 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 hard sometimes love is just bluntly in your face and you're like you know what you, i love you but you're wrong and i mean i can't make you believe anything but what my job is um i mean as christians not just pastor but mm-hmm. as a christian is to is to go and say you know that is darkness. That's evil. That is wrong, stinking thinking. And it's time for Christians to get a backbone and to um, stand up to some of that, that thought process. Instead of, one, staying silent, but two, just kind of, okay, well, that's okay for you. You believe that. That's okay. Um, and never say, uh, no, God's Word says different. So you say there's consequences. What In the church, what have been the consequences of allowing people to have their own truth or reality false teachings crept in um we've we've lost we've lost the the biblical understanding of what of what the bible is trying to say um we've lost the revelation of what god um lays out for us in his in his word um because we've allowed culture to come in to our our hearts our minds our our precepts our perspectives and it just kind of, how do you run a church when you're not totally sold out for the Christ that gave his life on the cross? Um, we have, um, we have, I think, teetered on this line as a culture in the church to not um, not want to be offensive. Um, 
so we've we've stopped some things. Um, you know, my youth pastor days, we went through the the uh, the days where uh, it was seeker sensitive services, um, and now we're we're reaping that because seeker sensitive meant you, you don't don't push don't push light into the where the sin is. Um, let's make everybody feel comfortable. It's kind of like participation ribbons, right, in sports for our kids. Oh, here we go. Yeah. So, I mean, let's make everybody feel happy and comfortable. Uh, no, no, no. You'll be happy and comfortable in heaven, not hell. And uh, and so, I mean, I bought into that as a pastor. I mean, that was what they taught us in leadership is, hey, let's be seeker sensitive. Um, well, then we moved into parachurch. Let's have a church in a church. You know. So if you're under 21, this service is for you. If you're over 21, don't show up. I mean, I was part of a church that did that. And we had people at the door uh, greeting people. And if you're over 21, it's like, eh, no, we're just, we just ask you to come to your service. And, uh, you know, so between the three services, here's, here's the ages. Um, well, that didn't work real well. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, that, that's a huge question. But I think we lose churchmanship. We lose the gifts of the Spirit. We lose our own spiritual giftings. Um, we've lost discipleship in the church. I mean, who wants to be discipled in something you don't really believe in? Um, you know, we have people that, uh, even on the terms of abortion, um, will we'll, we'll say, hey, you know what? You know, it's really, it's it's my choice. Well, you know, the Roe versus Wade thing uh, back then might have had a time and place. I, mean, I don't know. I, was, I wasn't really around to be in on that. But, you know, you brought up science. Science has changed. We don't need the Word of God even to really say abortion's wrong. Just look at science. You know, we have so much more technology. We know when life starts. Yeah, I'm going to have to come out of my shell for a second because you brought it up. See, there, I brought, I won. You did win. Okay. Now, on that topic, it is it is interesting. The argument from a lot of people who believe in there not being any absolute truth will use science as the the main thrust of why there's no such thing as absolute truth. But the same people will refuse to use that same logic, that same reasoning, that same standard when we talk about things like abortion, where there is clear science to say, you know, I mean, there's a reason why organizations that commit abortions do not want the mother to have an ultrasound before that abortion, Mm -hmm. because it begins to bring in reality, truth about what that emotion and yeah, which is real. I mean, that's all real stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They'd rather it be a cold response to, you know, fear or uh, anxiety, um, which is usually what drives an, a, a woman to have an abortion, right? Um, but you, you're correct. I mean, we go through these different things, science, reason, uh, popular opinions drive our idea of truth. Um, our feelings, our emotion drive our realities when it comes to truth. Um, but isn't the truth, tr- truly, isn't the truth centered or or comes from truth in general comes from God, not from the world. Is that fair? That's fair. That's fair. Um, but hang with the popularity thing just for a second. We want we want to be popular, right? I mean, that's just that's human nature. We want to be accepted. Sure. Maybe not on the popular side, but we want to be accepted. And so, one of the things that's hurt the church when it comes to this idea of absolute truth is. Even as our own denomination, we've we have lost some of our traditions because they're no longer popular. Mm-hmm. Hasn't the word of God hasn't changed? 
Um, but we have approached, and I mean, our culture has approached um, absolute truth, almost like a fairy tale. I mean, it's just, it just in a in a world that's perfect. Yeah, absolute truth might make sense. But in the church, I see that a lot. But it, isn't it also true, though? It, again, not to play devil's advocate fully here, but wouldn't it also stand to reason that there are people that take absolute truth the wrong way? So, uh, in the church, you brought up the the seeker sensitive model that the yep. church has employed for you know better part of ten to twenty years. Um, I would argue the churches were trying. They saw that there was a problem. They, were, they saw they identified that we were not as the church connecting with the younger generation. And while we can look back on it retrospectively and say oh, that was a bad idea, it didn't work. We have the benefit of seeing it from this side, not from their side. But but why did we even go down that road of seeker sensitive? I think it's because they were afraid of of what they were afraid of losing their grip on the culture, which the church was and now has lost its grip on culture. Um, and so so my argument is this: there are people who take absolute truth the entirely wrong way now within the church, right? Because there are people who say we have to do church this specific way, and if we don't do it this specific way, we cannot reach people for God. We cannot uh, be effective. We cannot be relevant to the culture if we don't do this. Right. Well, I mean, it's different. There, there is some relativism in that because, you know, we live in the desert, right? We live in the middle of fields, dry crops, and things. Um, it's windy. Our environment here in Umatilla County is different than when we lived near Chicago. That is a different, right. different altogether. And ministry looks different when you live in the suburbs of Chicago than when you live in Umatilla County in Oregon. Um, and so there has to be some change in how we do methodology of ministry. Okay, so that's the key right there. Um, it, it's, it's we have to evolve our methods, but we have to preserve the message. The principles have to stay um, the same. Because we changed into seeker-sensitive mode because things were outdated. I mean, how many times, I don't know if you've heard it, you know, since you've been in ministry, but um, how many times have I heard the argument over, well, it's outdated. That's outdated. That, no, 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 no. It's, I hear it, it about hymns all it, the time. It, yeah, yeah. The worship wars, huge thing. That's oh, outdated. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not outdated, but let's find a let, let's find a way to evolve you know, our principles and our methods, but we've got to save the message. And, and that's where absolute truth, I think has really gone. I mean, we've, we've lost it. We've changed, we've changed and moved away from the absolute truth that, that God is who God is. Jesus did what he did. The Holy spirit is who he is in our lives. And, you know, there's some standards to life. Um, so can you, can you give us some examples of absolute truth? Not relative truth, because there are relative truths, right? There are things that change, um, that we change our understanding on over time. You know, like we gave some examples on science. I mean, the flat earth thing, that was truth at one time, but it is not truth now. Mm -hmm. It was actually never truth, right? I mean, it was <laughs> when we believed that the earth was flat, that was actually wrong. Mm -hmm. But it took science to prove us wrong on that account, right? We had no other way of understanding it because we had no scientific understanding. So what are some examples of absolute truth, things that, w whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, you can say, I, I can believe that that is true no matter where you're at in life, no matter, no matter any other outside circumstances. This is always true. Well, fire is always hot. 
Is it? I don't know. I mean, I've seen stories in the Bible where that's not the case. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Boom. Shattered that one, didn't you? <laughs> um, <but seriously. laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. We also. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, no, the fire was hot. So let's just be clear. The fire was hot. <laughs> they just didn't get burned. The guard died and the, and the hair was singed. So it was a hot fire. Um, but, you know, how, but really, how do you know it's hot if you've never touched fire? Oh, it's the thing with kids, right? You know, as a parent, you don't want your kid touching the stove because you know they're going to burn themselves. On the other side, all parents have thought this. If they touch it, they're never going to touch never it. Gonna do it again. They're never going to touch right. it again, right? Right. Um, so, I mean, three, so you're asking a question, you know, examples. Well, here it is. Um, three out of four people, so they say, somebody says anyway, don't believe in absolute truth. Whether in the church or out of the church, there just seventy five percent. There are just no absolute truths in in life. Meaning, um, everything's changeable. Anything can change. Um, anything subjective. Anything subjective can change. And um, and so that's, I don't know how true that number is, but when I look at that, seems extraordinary. Actually, it, it, it does. But even in the Christian world, I don't know if it's three out of four, but I'd go fifty percent. 60 40 something like that probably you know i mean i think i think it's pretty high you know just sit down and have a conversation with somebody about i mean pick up pick a sin and talk about it and i think it depends on how long they've been in the church how old they are a newer christian will will have more absolute truth than a traditional christian you think so yep hmm i find yep. that hard to believe i mean the passion is new the salvation is new. I mean, they're on fire. They, they got a zeal. They got an excitement. Sure, but if they're um, coming from the world in a, a mindset where there is no such thing as absolute truth, wouldn't they? They, they crave it. Hmm. They crave it. The traditional church, what do they crave? Well, when's the next potluck? <laughs> you know, I mean, well, they cra- seriously, they what, crave, what do they crave? They crave comfort. They crave comfort, and they crave hanging on to their traditions. Uh, now, I want to be clear, clear on traditions. I'm not talking about biblical traditions, but just... Hey, that's my pew. <laughs> sure. You know, that's my seat. So Well, and we know um, as pastors, people will sit in the same spot literally every week. Um, as long and if somebody sits in their spot, you know, a new a new person comes in that we've we both seen it where church people have gotten frustrated because they had to move their spot. Right. Right. And you and I have both preached <laughs> messages call it called or something like move off your spot. Right. Yep, move off your spot, move your divot. Um you know, the, the, there was a there was a day that when we made decisions on things that are right or wrong, we we, we sought the Lord in that, um, and we followed the revelation that God gives us in that. So, an absolute truth is okay. God God is the Creator, God is Almighty, God is all powerful. So even even a I mean, the devil himself knows that. So that kind of even for an atheist. <laughs> They know that. That's why they just think, well, that's, I'm not believing that. Now, I know that's a whole different topic and deeper than what we want to get into. But um, but Jesus is who he says he is. And mm-hmm. he called sin, sin, um, not because he's judgmental. Um, he is the judge, the ultimate judge, but he did it out of love. I mean, that's why we have standards of, of life. And, man, you look at our country right now, Where where is the love? I mean— Seriously, well, that, that word's thrown a lot around yeah, a lot. I mean, everybody, especially this month right now, everybody's like trying to prove love. Well, we uh, we have no idea what love even is um, anymore. We've lost that. You know, love comes from one space. 
ultimately. God. You know, uh, I think no matter where you're at today, whether you're a believer or uh, somebody who has no interest in God whatsoever, I think it's important to, to understand that love is not a flippant thing. Not all. True love is not flippant. Yep. Um, the, the Greeks actually got it probably better than we did. The Greeks have all, all these different words that they use to describe love. Yeah. Um, because they wanted to be more specific on love. They wanted love to be more than just one word that describes all kinds of different things. Like for us, you love coffee. Probably too much. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. We both love burritos. Yeah. Morning burritos yep. at Java Junkies. Yep. That's for sure. Uh, I love pizza. Mm. But I also love my wife. I also love my brother. Those are not the same thing. Right. None of those are comparable with each other. So the Greeks use words like agape, which is that unconditional, the love I have for my wife. I would lay down my life for my wife. That's, that's agape But not love. your pizza. I would not lay down my life for pizza. That's, that's phileo. That's, you know, just, eh, okay. It's, it's more like a, the word like than love, really. Right. So when you, when you look at love today and you look at the way that we flippantly use that word, particularly this month, Let's not forget where it actually comes from. Yeah. That's important. Because part of our, our our spiritual history and our spiritual depth comes from the day before Jesus, even, um, when people would um, rely on what God had to say to them. And part of that was how do they love their brother? Mm-hmm. Um Part of that is is how do we show, you know, God's mercy to one another? They expected, and I think this is one thing that we've lost when it comes to absolute truth. They they would expect God to reveal Himself through words and through circumstances, and we no longer do that. We don't believe the absolute truth that says, "Well, God will move, uh, God will reveal Himself." No, not not really. That's just coincidence. Um, so. The absolute truth is, no, God will reveal himself. Um, and he uses people. He uses pastors. He, he uses circumstances um, to do that. So, Yeah, and a lot of people take uh, Jesus' words out of context when he says, yep. you know, the, uh, I'll lay down my life for my friend, that that's, that's what love is. That's what a, a friend love is about, right? It's not just about physically laying down your life for your friend. Right. It's a heart. It's also laying down your rights. It's about laying, being submissive to another person's needs and, and, and whatnot. Um, we need to be willing to, to sacrifice and surrender what's most important to us for the needs and the rights of others. I mean, when Jesus gets down on his knees and he washes the feet of the disciples in one of his final acts on this earth, that's an incredible teaching moment. Because I don't know if you know this, but their feet are gross. Nasty. I mean, feet are nasty now. I can't even imagine putting my hands on feet back then, walking with sandals on through mud and cow pies and horse horse apples and uh, who knows what else they were walking through. You know, could you imagine putting your hands on and he's washing their feet in this final act of servanthood. He's making himself 
so small. And this is this is supposed to be God, right? That we, we this is absolute truth that we believe in that God Jesus is fully man and fully God, but he surrenders all of his dignity to wash his disciples' feet. Mm-hmm. That's what love is. Mm-hmm. That's what truth is. And so it, I think it's really important for us to acknowledge we cheapen love, we cheapen truth to serve ourselves, not to serve others. So when we come to absolute truth, Paul in the Bible, in Acts, you know, he goes to Athens and he calls the men of Athens to accountability for their lifestyle because they look religious and they, man, they want, they want to live the right way. Um, and, uh, and what Paul's doing, he's walking around and he's looking at their lifestyle and he's like, yeah, something is missing here. Um, so those of you that are watching today, I just want to ask you, um, I, I want to believe that humans are good people. Um, and if you're watching, you're probably connected to a church somewhere. If it's not her mass somewhere else, uh, I want to believe you're good people, but where are you when it comes to absolute truth? What is your line? Um, what are you uh, willing to really go, you know, that is absolute. I am willing to die for it. Um, because uh, yeah, you have to answer that question. Um, this is not, we don't have time anymore to, uh, to be going wishy-washy and go, yeah, you know what? Um, it's okay if my kids want to believe the way they, be- you know, that way. Uh, no, no, train them the way they should go. Um, it's it, it's okay if uh, we let this thought process kind of creep into our homes. Yeah, no, no, it's not. Get back to letting God reveal to you what is right. Paul, um, here in Acts, let me read it to you. It's Acts chapter seventeen, uh, verse twenty-two. If I can read it here, he, Paul says this. He says, "Men of Athens." All right, he's like he's like, "Listen, boys, this is it. Um, I see in every way you are very religious." For as I walk around and I look carefully at your objects of worship, okay, he's looking around and going like, okay, what's really important to you? So is there a Bible anywhere close? I mean, in your home? Is there, what's on your Spotify? Uh, what's your top, you know, what's your top two? Are you doing the Deuteronomy 6 and yeah. you're, you're tying it to your doorposts? And yeah, exactly. Your, your hands and whatever. So, so he's looking around at their objects of worship and he says, I have found an altar with this inscription. To an unknown God. Now, this is what the inscription says. To an unknown God. Now, uh, what you worship as something unknown, I am going to proclaim to you. In other words, Paul, Paul, Paul here, he's saying, listen, we know that there's a God out there. Um, we know that. And we know that we need to do an altar. We know what we need to do. But there's something that's missing. And Paul goes to these guys in Athens and he goes, listen, there is something missing they don't know anything about the supernatural something that God has. That was missing. Um, and the altar they built, you know, showed they were looking for this truth. They were, they were looking for this God. They were looking for this this Jehovah. But something something was missing. And, um, man, that's, that's where I see our culture today. I see in Acts 17, our culture, we want to do what's right. Um, and yet something's missing. So what, what's missing? Um, I have two things that I think we need to fix. Um, one, um, and we talk about this absolute truth thing, is um, we, we have to fix our science mistake. Um, you got to put science in its place. Uh, science is not over God. God is over science. And, 
and I mean that's a that's a huge that's a huge discussion. You like spiders? Gross. Um, and then we have to fix our God our, our God mistake. <clears throat> you know, we've removed God out of our thinking. Um, we've removed God out of our absolute truth. Um, we got to put let, it back. Let me stop you there. Yeah. I, I have one question. Yeah. One more final question. Do you think a lot of our quote unquote subjective truth comes from a selfishness? Hmm. That's so, a good question. So meaning, when we talk about even even in science, the way that we approach science a lot of the times, I mean, a lot of scientists go in with a preconceived idea, which yeah. is contrary to how we're supposed to do science, right? Mm-hmm. The whole point is you you come up with a hypothesis and then you you test whether that hypothesis right. is it. actually true, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to like popular opinions, our heart, our feelings, our emotions, all of these things, even how we look at God. Isn't it oftentimes the reason that we have this idea of subjective truth and a refusal to accept that there is absolute truths, especially when we talk about morality, right? (laughs) Nobody likes to admit that there's absolute truth when it comes to morality. We do that because we're selfish, because we want it our way, because we want it to fit our subjective idea of what we want. Right. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I think think that's very fair because uh, we see that... I think in other things other than just science, too, right? Oh, sure. Um, so, I mean, I, when we look at our culture, when we look at our world, and this is where I think it goes back to where our church, Hermnaz, is at um, for this year. It's the idea of filtered. We, when it comes to anything, if you want to know if something is truth or not, you need to filter it through Jesus. Through the Word of God, yep. Um, and don't filter it with your own subjective idea of what Jesus is going to say mm-hmm. or trying to find something that proves that Jesus said what you want. Mm-hmm. Let Jesus speak for J- Jesus' self. Mm-hmm. So so here, here I, mean, I mean, the buzzword social justice sure. uh, comes in here. Uh, social justice is not an absolute truth. We want to... It's not in the Bible. It, it's not in the Bible. It's not, so therefore, it's not an absolute truth. Um Jesus did not come for social justice. Now, there are those that think that he did, but he didn't. Um, he's very clear on what he came to do, uh, and that was to save the world, um, not save there them from, um, you know, all the social justice issues. Right. He came to save them from their sin. Look, there is justice, right? We, there is. There, biblical, not saying there's not. There is biblical justice. Um, but here's the thing. When we look at our criminal justice system as an example, justice is individual, right? Yep. It's... An individual commits a crime. There's justice for that individual for that crime. Well, it used to be objective like that, but now it's kind of subjective. Well, that's my point. It's the, the, the purpose of justice is to right a wrong to an individual, not to a group, not to you know society at right. large, writ large. It's it's for individuals, right? Um, God's God's justice doesn't make sense in our even our social justice world, right? You have one guy completely innocent takes on the sin the guilt the shame the pain the hurt the brokenness of an entire entirety of humanity for all time jesus took that on himself bore that weight bore that shame and that guilt and that hurt and that sin for us that is not what we would call justice in our world today right one person it doesn't look like it one innocent person taking all of that so God's justice is completely different than what we would consider justice here right. on, on our planet because we're subjective humans that are imperfect and think things that are not correct. Right. Yeah. So, again, going back to Hermnaz, filter through Jesus. If you want truth, 
everything needs. He says, I am the way and the truth, the light. I am the truth, not some truth, not the, you know, one of tr- the one. truths. It's the truth, the only mm-hmm. truth. And so filter it through Jesus. And I think you'll be in a much better position if you're filtering through Jesus. Yeah. So I'm sure people are going to have a lot to say about this. Uh, yeah, my wife if, said, if I'm glad listen. that I put her before pizza. So, yeah, good. <laughs> Me too, Claudia. <laughs> we would be talking if, if that was not the case. Um, so people may have questions. They may not agree with anything that we've said or parts of what we said. And um, here's where absolute truth comes into play. I stand by what I said. It, absolute truth is pretty, pretty much that cut and dry. I mean, um, we've been biblical. Yep. We've we've been biblical in our in our in our thought process in our hearts and uh, in what we we've, we've said we haven't given our own opinion. Um, uh, this is this is truth. I mean, it's opinion from scripture. It's opinion from scripture. So I want to leave you with, with a couple of scripture. Uh, Psalm forty verse eleven um, says, "Do not withhold your mercy from me, O Lord. May your love and your truth there it is your truth your absolute truth always protect me." Um, you can't put always and truth together unless it's absolute. You just cannot do that. Um, always doesn't translate any other way except for every time. And um, and truth is not every time. Absolute truth is every time. Here's the other scripture. I mean, we can get a whole sermon series going here. <laughs> Psalm, th- this is the last one, I promise. Psalm 6, 86, 11. Um, Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. I mean, you can't walk in, in something that, is just absolute. At least I don't want to. Well, and I would I would just add one other scripture I think is important. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, "Seek me, and you will you will see you will, you will you yeah. will find right. You're you're going if you seek me, you will find. Meaning if you're looking for truth, come after me, and you will find truth. It's that simple. Yep, that simple. So, I mean, our culture is a mess. We know that. Um, where, where did it Let's start? Let's be truthful. We're a mess. I mean, we're yeah, we're all a mess. <laughs> you know, where did it start? Who really knows? Um, I just know up in, from before Jesus until about early 1700s, people relied on the revelation of God for their wisdom, for their morality, for their morals, for um, for how they live life, for the decisions they made, um, and, and and then something happened. In that, and they made mistakes in that. Yeah, oh, time sure, they made too. mistakes. I'm not saying they were perfect, but they waited for the revelation of God, and then all of a sudden, since then, we've just kind of not been doing that. Sure. Um, and each generation has kind of lost a little bit there. So, for you today, um, this is a little different topic, a little maybe deeper, heavier than what. Uh, but I hope we gave you some talking points um, to go back with your family now and and talk about. Hey, what is absolute truth to us as a family? Um, because as a family, you need to figure it out. Um, uh, families that, that we work with um, that don't have it figured out, um, it's pretty obvious that they don't have it figured out. Um, you're not sure where to stand on things. You're not sure how to move and maneuver your family, especially you know in the in these COVID days and political you know days. Um, you got to have some absolute truths. But the one truth that you've got to get settled is the absolute truth that God is who He is. Jesus did what he did, and the Holy Spirit was given for a purpose. Well, and, it, you know, the funny thing is a lot of our conversations that we've had up until this point, this is episode 29. Um, oh, I thought it was 30. No, 30 is next week. Duh. We're close. All right. Close. Um, no, but if we look back on these last 28 episodes before this one, um, 
truth has weaved its way into all of these conversations, whether we're talking about ghosts, right. yeah, whether we're exactly. talking about aliens. Exactly. Which, by the way, we probably need to have another conversation <laughs> about aliens. A lot has, has happened any- since our first uh, our, uh, first time we talked about it. You guys watching the sky? Because, man, things are flying. I mean, you see some of the stuff that's on the news about the uh, government and what they're releasing in videos. I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah. That's going to make a much more interesting conversation about uh, aliens and faith and whatnot. But those people that you thought were aliens, they just might be. <laughs> we uh, but we do have we do have truth that weaves its way into all of this. And in truth, that's why truth is so important. That's why this is such a central issue. It's amazing. It took us 29 episodes to get to truth. But um, as a topic, but it really is a problem that we do not view truth correctly. And yeah. truth matters and getting your truth from the right source also matters so mm-hmm. encourage you all is not lost you know no matter how astray our culture has gone um, no matter how astray our political climate is um, not all is not lost God is still in control and his truth still reigns and is still present and so we just need to filter better that's that's really what it comes down to yep because uh, ultimate truth is true for all times so don't be discouraged. Keep your head up. Stay in the game. And, uh, man, have a great week. Hey, so, man, two live shows in a row hey, and one on location. Yeah, and you know what? Nobody even bothered us. Yeah. I think I think they were afraid. Other than the semi-trucks well, that smell like Yeah, uh, yeah, they, 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 they do. I use the word, see? <laughs> I got a smile out of her. <laughs> but, I mean, like, I mean, people have come in and out of the door, and, like, they don't even want to look at us. So next time we need to put a sign here that says, come talk to us or something. Yeah. So, hey, anyway, well, we're going to do this again. Yeah. Um, so, but we're not going to surprise it on you. We're going to let you know. So if you want to stop by and say hi, we'll even buy you coffee. So um, be watching for that. Well, when you, we're gonna you do will. That. Yeah, I'll, I'm not buying hot chocolate. I will buy coffee. <laughs> um, so better buy me hot chocolate. <laughs> All, right. All right. You guys have a great Thanks, week. Guys. We'll see you next week, Tuesday at 10 a.m.